Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. End of the week. I only wish we were at the end of clear examples of ineptitude by the Biden administration, but we never run out of those. Your president will be ruining your Super Bowl halftime on Sunday as he will sit down and has already sat down, in fact, with NBC News Lester Holt. We will play uh, snippets of that interview for you today so that you don't have to have your game ruined on Sunday. Unless, of course, the Bengals are hopelessly behind at halftime, which I hope does not happen. Uh, we have a big Super Bowl. Excuse me. We have a big, big game contest here at 989 FM, The Answer. And Aaron and I will be giving you our predictions for the game today. Uh, shortly before our 1130 break, at which time we will uh, be looking forward to the imminent visit that we have scheduled with Republican gubernatorial candidate Joe Blystone. That's right. Joe Blystone will be joining us around 1133, 1134 a.m. today. But as I said, we never run out of examples of the ineptitude of the Biden administration. And I really wish I could just limit my commentary here on the Bruce Woolley Show to the ineptitude. Uh, I wish that I didn't have to talk about the depths of the demonic evil in the Biden administration, unless you think that I am overstating that, allow me to introduce you to uh, the uh, newest Biden administration Department of Education hire. Uh, his name, I'm so sorry. I am so, 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 so sorry. If Google, Twitter, Big Tech is listening, I insincerely apologize for uh, referring to Sam Brinton as him, because, of course, Sam Brinton is a non-binary queer activist who goes by they and them. Yes, the newest Biden administration Department of Education hire is a uh, non-binary queer activist who... um, for his uh, sexual gratification, enjoys leading other men around like dogs on leashes. And um, I'm sorry that I have to uh, be that graphic with you. I will not be as graphic as the story I'm reading is when talking about Sam Brinton. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen, the transgender 
mental illness that I talk about all the time that has manifested itself in an attack on the differences between men and women ordained by God, designed by God, with definite gifts and roles that most times can be spoken of in general terms. I would say women are more nurturing, men are more uh, hunter-gatherer, but of course those lines are blurred at times because we're all individuals, we're all uniquely made by God. But the Biden administration has hired this Sam Brinton, so uh, I mean... Why would I introduce you to him when uh, I can allow uh, himself to? Int- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm so insincerely sorry. Their self to introduce their self to you. Here is Sam Brinton uh, explaining why they almost did it again. Go by they them. I use they and them as my pronouns. And when someone uses they and them as my pronouns, I feel like that person is listening to me. Mm. That person cares about me. And that person wants to have a conversation with me. Pronouns are a fascinating part of modern culture. I don't think many people think about them very often. No, we don't. Until someone like myself or others say their pronouns. So when I introduce myself, I generally say, Hi, my name's Sam Britton. I use they and them as my pronouns, and I serve as head of advocacy and government affairs for the Trevor Project. I give this before I even give my job because it's the important way that you're going to describe me. Not what I do, but who I am. And that I respect for my gender is really, really important. To you, uh, not to me, to the rest of us, it is self-evident. Sam, you are by all visual evidence, a male. So we will refer to you by he and him because there's only one of you. There's not multiples of you. I remember a time when if a person had a belief that they were multiple people, that was called split personality. That was indicative of a mental illness. It still is indicative of a mental illness. So we are hiring people who are by their own definition, because if you want to go by they, them, that's your definition. He just said that's how he knows someone wants to have a conversation with him. If they listen to and affirm him in his mental illness, we are hiring people who are self-described mentally ill to work in our Department of Education. Now, what will Sam's job be? In our Department of Education, he will be the Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition Deputy. So this guy is going to have uh, the uh, role of determining what we do with nuclear waste. I think that sounds like a pretty consequential job. Uh, For someone who is mentally ill, uh, that's a problem. Uh, Sam is... Uh, Also into, by his own admission, having sexual relations with animals. Uh, I will read to you uh, his uh, take on that. He said, one of the hardest things about being a handler, and by handler he means he leads other human beings around on leashes before he has sexual relations with them, 
I've honestly had people ask me, wait, you have sex with animals? They believe it's abusive, that it's taking advantage of someone who may not be acting up to a level of human responsibility. The other misperception is that I have some really messed up background. Like, I did I have some horrible childhood trauma that made me like to have sex with animals? I mean, just, I'm walking a thin line here between trying not to repulse you, but trying to inform you. This is celebrated. This is an agenda item of the Biden administration. We can argue about inflation. We can argue about even something as inept as Afghanistan, even something as inept as the southern border. We can argue about that. They can talk about compassion, and they can cloud those issues with things that at least aren't grounded in demonic evil. I mean, you want to have the argument that it's not compassionate to keep illegal aliens out of our country. I'll vehemently disagree with you. I'll point out the drug traffic that comes in, the lack of vetting security-wise, the security risk that that is. We can have that conversation. We can talk about the ineptitude in giving up Bagram Air Force Base, but you can position it as, you know, we had to get out of there. And we can argue over the military strategy. There is no argument to be had about the sanity of a biological male who believes they are multiple people and thus merit being referred to as they and them. There is no argument to be had about the demonic evil of someone who is gratified by acts that are clearly described as perverted. Do you think this person would take advantage of a minor if they could? What does your mind tell you? Yes, you know. But this person has been hired, sought out, vetted, approved, and given a position of influence in our federal government. This is not enlightened. This is not tolerance. This is not diversity. This is demonic evil. We have a president of the United States and the people under him who have no character, who have no competence, and who have no hold on reality. This hire of this non-binary queer activist is proof of that. Irrefutable proof of that. It doesn't give me pleasure to say it. It's not a lack of compassion that causes me to say it. To affirm someone in their mental illness, to affirm someone who takes advantage of other people the way this person takes advantage of other people sexually, is to tell the truth and is to actually demonstrate more compassion for that person because affirming them in their evil is consigning them to uh, future misery and emptiness. As I say, we have a leader who is incompetent. You will hear how incompetent he is next as we play snippets of Joe Biden's interview with Lester Holt. That will air at halftime of the Super Bowl on Sunday. 
Hey, Hillary Clinton is coming back. Yeah, she's uh, going to speak at the upcoming Democratic Party convention in New York next week. And this is seen as the precursor to Hillary's rehabilitation tour. Now, why does Hillary need a rehabilitation tour? Well, because the Democrats need a rehabilitated, well-known national name to fire up the party. Yes, I know you're laughing. I'm being serious. This is the story out there that Hillary is facing the biggest political speech of her life because it's the next one, and it's the one that could perhaps re-energize her bid to become the president of the United States. Yes, I know she failed in 2008 when Barack Obama ran and beat her. And I know she failed in 2016 when Donald Trump beat her. I mean, I admit it would be delicious to beat her again in 2024. Uh, she could have a real unique legacy as an American politician. She could become the first politician to lose the presidency in three different decades. You go, Hillary. You go, girl. But this points out how inept Joe Biden is. Because when you have an incumbent president, typically that's a walk to get to be the nominee the next time the office is up for grabs. Not so with Joe Biden. Of course, Hillary will be younger in 2024 than Joe Biden is right now. Tan, rested, and ready. Hillary Clinton. And the need for her was uh, very, 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 very obvious yesterday when Joe Biden was speaking about health care. So you know how this works, right? You're introduced by some cute little kid, and you get up and you make over the kid, and then you thank all the people who are there who've, you know, been on the same Democratic political grift as you and who happen to be at the speech. Except, except when Joe got to the point in his remarks where he wanted to thank the local congressman in New York for having him in to speak. Well, um, he did what Joe Biden often does. Look, health care is part of Abigail, congresswoman, uh, uh, your congresswoman's uh, um, background. I just wish I could remember her name. Abigail, your congressman. Yeah. Okay. So... Joe was not having a good day yesterday. They did not pump him full of enough Mountain Dew and Skittles to have him fully awake for his speech. Uh, Let me read you some of the YouTube comments. This is why, this is really high theater, uh, is watching Biden's speeches because they are all placed on YouTube. Here's uh, Patrick says, it's just so sad to see Biden struggle through these speeches. He's barely coherent uh, for the content of the speech. Uh, another person said, I remember the last time's Demo- the last time Democrats lowered health care costs. Mine went up 150%. Please stay out of health care. Uh, another says, what happened to lowering gas prices? This goofball was talking about that last month. Gas jumped 35 cents in my area since he was going to ease the pain at the pump for working people. Yeah, Leo Terrell of Fox tweeted a picture today. In California, gas is five nineteen a gallon. Five nineteen a gallon. Mm. So here's Biden. I'll spare you having to watch this on Super Bowl Sunday. 
They sat down with Lester Holt yesterday. As I said, not enough Mountain Dew, not enough Skittles. Maybe he needs Red Bull or something because Biden was not very awake when it came to talking about really anything. But they started with COVID. So here, let's go to the beginning, and I'll pause it in the midst, probably because it doesn't take long for Joe to say something that requires clarification. Those governors wrong. Well, oh, Lester's asking him about all the lifting of COVID restrictions, including Democratic governors like Phil Murphy of New Jersey. So he's asking him, are these governors who are ending these mask mandates wrong? Are those governors wrong? Well, it's hard to say whether they're wrong. Here's the science is saying now that masks work. Uh, okay, told you it wouldn't be long. No, the science is not saying that, and it's never said that. Variants have had a profound impact on the psyche of the American people. Should children be required to wear masks in schools? Well, look, when I got in office, only 46% of the schools were open. Now 98% of them are open. And that had nothing to do with you. It's just the natural impatience we had with schools being closed. Ugh. Guy, such a glory hound. And they're wearing masks. What's happening is every day that goes by, children are more protected. We're now on, on the verge of being able to uh, have uh, shots for ch- children under the age of seven. Oh, boy. Goody good. On the verge of having shots for kids under the age of seven. Don't you feel safer now? It's all due to him, you know. And uh, young children. And, uh, and so the more protection they have probably you're going to see less and less requirement to have the masks. But the CDC hasn't changed its guidance on that. And it, it, the question is, with these governors making these moves, does it begin to make the government, the CDC, irrelevant that, that people will gravitate toward, you know, the advice that really fits their worldview, that this thing feels like it's over? Now, listen to him. Does he sound like somebody who's on top of COVID, on top of the CDC? Does he sound like somebody who really knows what's going on? Well, um... Look, I think it's one thing to say, to talk about masks, other than to talk about shots and boosters and the like. Uh, and uh, But it's, you know, look, it is confusing. It's worrisome to people. They're trying to figure out. But what I've tried to do, I've tried to make sure we have all the vaccines needed, all the boosters needed, all the masks are needed, all the protection that's needed. Except for monoclonal antibodies and drugs that we were announced, uh, what, three months ago? There's a pill. Pfizer has one. Moderna has one. Where are the pills? The pills are nowhere. The monoclonal antibodies. We had them. They're gone. I promised you we'd give you our Super Bowl scores. I apologize. And we have to get to Joe Blystone. He's one of the kinds of candidates I like because he's actually run a business. Talk to Joe Blystone next on The Bruce Hooley Show. 